It was a true honor for my two very close friends, Dino Pertsov and Dr. Clarence, to join me in our Fiji mission last month, where they stretched themselves and uh, beyond what they could actually imagine and experience the hand of God working. Uh, let me read for you what they would have said if they were up here this evening. Vinaka vakalevu me vakalungata taki kemudo kerisaranakalo. In your support of the Fiji mission trip. Uh, me, I would just say thank you very much. You guys are really wonderful in, in uh, providing uh, for the trip. What does it mean to go all in? What does it mean to give it your all? What does it mean to give it all you got? You know, we've seen, you know, on, on television, or maybe you had the opportunity to see it in person, you know, runners absolutely spent their, their legs hobbling, their arms flailing, trying to sprint past each other to the finish line and, and many times just collapsing right after that. Maybe it's the basketball player who, who as the buzzer, buzzer is about to, to end the game, flings the ball across the court and, and somehow miraculously it, it goes in and it wins the game for his team. Or, or the quarterback that, that scrambles back and forth, back and forth, avoiding the defenders right before the clock ends, heaves the 90-yard Akamini Mary pass, and it's, and it's caught, and, and they win. Yeah. Or, or the boxer getting pummeled, getting headshots, stomach shots, and, and, and just one after another, and refusing to go down. And when the final bell sounds, he is still standing. You know, we celebrate them for going beyond what a normal person would go, even calling them heroes. And then there's the next level. Like Ingbar Lieberman, a 25-year-old Israeli young woman who on October 7th of this year, she hears an unusual sound in the early morning hours and quickly realizes that, that these were the sounds of war. And so she scrambles out of bed, not to save her own life, but instead scrambling to rally the people of her little village of 700 kibbutz near Am. And at her direction, the villagers take up arms, defending each other, repelling the Hamas terrorists, killing over 20 gun and rocket firing terrorists, herself killing five terrorists, and saving her village from being massacred. Miraculously, miraculously there were no casualties in her village. She gave it her all 
She was all in. She gave it all she got. I, I saw my all-in person when I was four years old. My dad heard cursing and yelling uh, in the park across our home. And since I was standing right next to him, he ordered me in a commanding voice, stay behind, as he briskly walked towards the commotion. And, and of course, you know, uh, I listened to my dad following but staying right behind. There I saw him convince two crazy guys swinging axes at each other to give him their axes. And then he gets them to shake each other's hand. Even at four years of age, I understood that my dad put himself in danger for strangers. He knew, somehow he knew, that his life was more than just about himself. He was all in. When you take a look at your life, what would you say you're all in for? For what would you say you're giving your all? If it's really worth dying for, is it worth living for? If it isn't worth dying for, is it worth living for? You know, this would be a a rather funny story if it wasn't so profoundly true. In John chapter 11, the, the story opens with a friend of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus informing Jesus that Lazarus, his BFF, is very sick. Jesus, surrounded by his disciples, tells him, Lazarus won't die. For sure, this relieved his disciples as, as they figured, you know, Jesus, if he thought Lazarus was going to die, was like probably going to go to where he lives. And they all knew that that going back to Bethany, where Lazarus and his sisters lived, was like a death sentence because there were people trying to kill him. So the disciples were quite relieved. Well, guess what? Two days later, Jesus says, hey, let's go back. Um, You could imagine like the disciples freaking out because especially when Jesus says, we're going to go and wake Lazarus up. And, and like, they actually said to him, like, well, you know, I let him sleep. He'll get better, let him sleep. Then Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. Man, I don't know about you, but if I was one of the disciples, I'd be thinking, oh, darn, oh, well. Well, we all got to go sometime, right? But Jesus 
insists on going back. Then the apostle Thomas. Yeah, Thomas the not quite all in disciple. No, he's the one that I got to see it to believe it, disciple. He says this in John 11, 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas understood what his life with Jesus was all about. My life is only really worth living if it's worth dying for. I'm all in. If you're writing and you want to take notes, you uh, write down Galatians 2.20 and, and, and you can read it later. Galatians 2.20. Hear God's word. Pray God's word. Preach God's word. And do God's word. Pastor Penny Dolavale, who coordinates our mission in Fiji, 11 years ago after journaling for some time, hears God's voice tell him to start and to pastor a church. Now at that time, he had one of the most important jobs at Fiji Airways. He oversaw security at every one of the Asian, South Pacific, and North American airports in which Fiji Airway lands. And he has to fly out at least to one of them every single week and make it back home. For sure, make it back on Sundays. And, and Penny hears from God that, that, that he especially is to minister to the poor people. Meaning that in Fiji, his paycheck, and for many years now, his retirement paycheck would pay for everything. I mean, Bibles, books, transportation for the elderly, and for the young with fam- the young families. And he would also pay for Sunday meals. He even undertook major construction of his home so that his house would become non- uh, Grace Community Church Nandi. No, they don't take offerings and tithes, by the way in poor churches. After several years of pastoring his church, the denomination to which he belongs to asks him to become president of four struggling churches. Oh, they, they would pay him double of what he was making as a pastor. Within six years, he saw the growth of his denomination 
Go to where now it's over 15 churches, including one in Tonga. You know, several years ago, uh, God puts on Penny's heart to start a church leaders journaling groups, given what journaling did for him. And in one of his groups is a guy named Isei Tundreo, who was the CEO of Fiji Airports. Through journaling, God reveals to Issei to start a church in a poor rural area of Fiji, where after school, young kids roam the back streets. So when Issei retired uh, in April of this year, he buys a farm, with a house in a poor area so that he can do church. He hires people in the area to work his farm so that they would have some income. And he starts an after-school youth program made up of Christian kids, Muslim kids, and Hindu kids. And some of these parents now attend his church, besides his workers. You see, Penny and Issei didn't have to do what they, they've done and what they're doing. I mean, they were already great Christians serving in their churches. I mean, they worked really hard at their job. And they did really well financially. And in fact, they deserve to, to enjoy every dollar they earn, not to mention their retirement dollars. But Penny and ACA just, they couldn't see it. Their life in Christ wasn't worth just going half in. And here's something crazy. Uh, some of you took risks too. You know, God bless you. Um, you gave donation to the Fiji mission in exchange for eating some of my bread. You know, S some of you didn't want to take unnecessary risks, so you just gave donations. And some of you donated even more than expected because I insisted that you take some bread, so just to stop me from asking, you just gave, you know. A portion of this money that you gave this year was to reach a people way in the mountains. Right? People, by the way, I've never seen, my, my pastor friend had started this mission in, in the mountains. But for some unexpected reason, the mission abruptly ended. So I was left with some unused donations and, and I really was disappointed not wanting the, the, the monies you guys gave to, to go unused. So I prayed and I asked the Lord, do you want me to give this away? Or, or like, then you gotta show me or, or, or maybe I should just take it back. Well, lo and behold, Penny tells me the story 
of Isai and what God was doing in, in Isai's life and, and in his church. So I go, oh, wow, that's great. And um, oh, by the way, Hale, Isai's going to be at one of our conferences so you can meet him. And I said, oh, man, that's good. So at one of the conferences, obviously, I, I, I kind of got Isai to the side. And I said, Isai, tell me your story. Not knowing what I intended to do. So he tells me the story. And I said, Isai, God wants you to have this envelope. And, and he just starts to tear. And I said to him, Thank you, thank you. God, God bless you, he said. Penny and he say understood this, that the gospel was more than just about hearing and preaching a great story. In the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 47 to 48, this is what Jesus says. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug deep down and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. Over 700 years earlier, in Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. You see, Penny and he say, and, and Dino, the other guy, right? When, when, the, when whom the Fiji mission team leader tells him, Dino, since you lead worship in your small group at your house, you could lead worship in the various conferences we're going to do. So I said, what? He said, yes, that's what the Fiji mission team leader says. Okay. At the initial conference, due to some malfunction in the audio system, the, the leaders and, and the pastors there in the conference start to sing a cappella. And Dino <laughs> realized that he, was that he was going to have to, if the sound system worked, to, to lead worship to what sounded like the Fijian Tabernacle Choir of Angels, right? Unfortunately, as Clarence knows, the audio system decides to work. And suddenly there is, you gotta see Dino, but he was, he was just starting to just drench in sweat. With guitar in hand, 
he led them in worship. And not, not only that, um, uh, the mission leader instructed him that since he was an elder at his church and the owner of the largest window washing company in Hawaii, that I asked, I mean the mission leader asked that he is gonna teach the pastors and the church leaders about the external validity of the Bible. He did. And, and then there's Dr. Clarence, who uh, was assigned by the mission team leader to teach the Fijian church leaders and pastors about diabetes, diet, and the temple of the Holy Spirit. So seven months prior to his first mission trip last year, with integrity in mind, he went vegan and he loses 25 pounds. These men didn't just hear God's word. They didn't just pray God's word and preach God's word. But they did the word. But in verse 49 of Luke chapter 6, it says this, But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on ground on the ground without a foundation, the moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. It is not enough to just hear it, pray it, and say it. How solid is the rock that Penny, Isay, Clarence, and Dino have built on? Romans 8, 35 to 39, can anything ever separate us from, God, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above nor the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has your back. What are we afraid of? He loves you so much. In order for you to go all out, he traded away his only son to be tortured so that you could be empowered by God to expand our family to expand his territory. And he says when we secure ourselves to the rock, that nothing, absolutely nothing can ever separate us from his love. So the question is, what is your Goliath that is preventing you from going all in? What huge step of faith is the Lord telling you to make, to put more of your life in him, to let him have more way with your time, your talents, and yes, 
your personal treasures. For some, God is telling you, you need to go all in and make that relationship right. Give up your pride. And to you, Jesus is saying, I know what it's like to suffer unjustly. I know it's not fair. I really do know. For others, God is saying, I want your first fruits of your direct deposit, not what's left over in your wallet. Spend it instead towards eternity in the Savior's Club. For some, you may need to go all in and initiate that heart-to-heart with that someone about getting it right with Jesus. Maybe it's a good friend, a family member, a coworker, a boss. One of you is gonna save an unborn baby from being aborted. And it's gonna cost you maybe your future plans. And God is telling you, go all in. Seek to be faithful more than successful. Hell, it's on my heart to to do what you're kind of telling me. But man, I don't see it. I don't see how it can work. Ezekiel, an Old Testament prophet, was being held hostage by the Babylonians. Experiences the presence of God. And in the third chapter of Ezekiel, God gives him an assignment to warn the people of Israel to turn to God to get their hearts and their lives right with him. Verses 10 and 11. Then he added, Son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourselves. Then go to your people in exile and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do this, whether they listen to you or not. You get what God is saying? Ezekiel, the Israelites may not listen to what I'm telling you to tell them. In fact, they're not going to listen. But tell them anyway. In other words, I don't care that you aren't successful. But I really do care that you are faithful. What has the Lord put on your heart that you're not doing because you just can't see it? That, you know, it's it's not going to work out. They're not going to respond. They're going to make fun of me. And they're going to be upset when I tell them what you told me I'm supposed to tell them. But you know what God says? Just be faithful. Ezekiel, soon after he warns the people what God told them, God takes him to another place and says, to him, share again. And and the Lord tells him this. If you warn them and they don't turn from their ways and die, it's on them. But if you don't tell them and they die, 
It's on you. Ezekiel warns them, and starting in verse 22 and 23 of chapter 3 of Ezekiel, then the Lord took hold of me and said, get up and go out into the valley and I will speak to you there. So I got up and went, and there I saw the glory of the Lord. Just as I had seen in my first vision by the Kibar River, and I fell down, and I fell face down on the ground. In the midst of failure, God smiled on him because he was faithful. What does it mean to live a life in Christ? What does it mean to live a life with purpose and meaning? To live a life when you're going through dark times when all you can see is dark times and when you get really scared and yet you hold on to this with all your heart that the light and the hope who lives within you will keep you pressing on. He has your back. You can go all in You can give it all you got. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just praise and thank you. We praise and thank you for, for the people we have seen who have decided to follow you, who have decided to go all in. Lord, I'm not sure what you're saying to each one of my brothers and sisters in their walk. But I do know, Lord, you're telling them, go all in. Give it all you got. Because I'm there with you. Lord, you've called us to be kingdom builders. You've, you've called us to expand your territory. And you want to use us. Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help me go all in. For in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopecapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.